everybody. Welcome back to the Wildlife Command Center podcast. Thank you for listening and subscribing. If you could, please leave us a great review if you appreciate our content. This is Chris Starr again, and I am with... Bearhands Baran. Michael Baran. And so we were just talking about his latest updates to Pokemon Go. Absolutely. If our listeners had no idea, I love Pokemon Go. And it's all because of Chance Baran and Chris Starr. <laughs> Back in September of 2016, they were like, wow, I can remember exactly what you said, Chris. Wow, hmm. this is like what every kid has ever wanted, where we can actually go right out in there into the world and we can catch Pokemon. Like for real, <laughs> we can catch them. For real, for real. That's exactly what you said. Those are your words exactly. I can hear it in my brain going through it. And I was like, wow, they're pretty excited about this. I wonder if this is going to be something good. And here we are, what, five years later? Mm -hmm. And I am a real Pokemon Go gym owner. I own my own Pokemon Go gym. How is that for being cool? That's super cool. Hey, so could we open up another Wildlife Command Center gym here? Absolutely. All we uh -huh. need is a permanent location. Ah, okay. Yeah. Still kind of working on that. You yep. know, the place I'm living at right now is not super conducive to running a business out of. It is not permanent, but you got it. No. So there's <laughs> there are rules yeah. to owning a Pokemon gym. And so I can open them anywhere as long as there is a drive up space and that there is a public access area and mm. A few other little rules, but nothing that's that's out of out of whack. But you just got to think about, you know, a registered nurse. She gets off her shift. She's tired. She needs to relax. So she's like, I'm going to go play Pokemon Go for an hour before I go home to my stinking kids. You know, and she, and she needs to be able to pull over on the side of the road somewhere that's out of the way and safe. And yeah. she sits there and she gets some Wildlife Command Center gifts out of the Wildlife Command Center gym, have the nice Wildlife Command Center logo on it. And if she wants mm -hmm. to, she can click through the gym and go straight to the Wildlife Command Center YouTube channel and relax. So do people pull into the office or do they kind of park on that street? So I had a whole little pavement section made on the other side of the street. And then I, I have a oh. blocked off parking section right next to the gate. And so there's two sections where actually you can get four vehicles in there if you knew what you were trying to do. You should put up a sign that says Re reserve for Pokemon Go users. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, for real. <laughs> I could get a little triangle sign made from the sign company out of that composite material that's PVC, aluminum PVC. And then mm -hmm. at the top of the triangle, have the Wildlife Command Center logo. And then right underneath it said reserve for Pokemon Go players. And then if there's enough space, put all three of the team logos in it. No. No? Just Wildlife Command Center? Well, first off, if we were only going to do it, I only like Team Instinct. And so that <laughs> gym is yellow, and we fight about it all the time. You know, I got 300 homes back there behind Wildlife Command Center in that subdivision. Mm -hmm. And there's like 110 Pokemon Go players back there. And huh. They are always, Team Mystic and Team Valor are always taking over my gym. But it's great because... You can go in and tear them up again. That's right. And the thing is that I usually time it so I can get eight hours in the gym and get my 50 Pokecoins, you know? <laughs> because I know, yeah. I know that once they pass and go home, then they're, they're home. 
you know. But they ain't coming back. Just they they usually don't. The gym. Although yesterday <laughs> on Thanksgiving, I had to take over my gym 12 times. What? Oh, because everybody's there. Yeah, everybody was home and for so, Thanksgiving. so like the people right on Country Club can reach over and grab it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with the extended distance now, there's about probably about 20 houses that can actually reach the gym just from oh, their Oh, man. There's a 17-year-old who's like all up on it. Oh yeah, and especially the ones that <laughs> that really know us that are play, that are watching the YouTube channel, they're like, "I'm gonna go get that wildlife command center," you know. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's like every time I turned around, it's like my Pokemon were kicked out, and I was like, "And look, yesterday Thanksgiving Day, I was so intent on, I was like, I've got nothing really planned." All of our people are off because I give everybody off for Thursday and Friday for Thanksgiving. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go feed the animals. I'm going to take some really cool Instagram videos of the lemurs. And I am going to post like every lemur we have. I'm going to give them their own little Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Man, between between trying to d- defend my Pokemon Go gym and doing Instagram, then I had to go eat turkey, then I had to... I only got like four lemurs posted yesterday. <laughs> and I defended my gym like 12 to 14 times. And I was like, man, I look at it now and I'm like, I had a full Thanksgiving day of just Instagram and Pokemon Go. How many lemurs do we have now? We have eight lemurs now because we found uh, two of our, we had 10, but we, we found two of them forever homes at a, a much bigger facility than ours. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so it turned out pretty good. And also to note, they were the two of our meanest lemurs that, <laughs> and you know, just so to catch the listeners up real close, you know, we rescue ringtail lemurs. I don't know how it started happening, but you know, we just, we just fell into ringtail lemur rescue. And so they were neglected and abused at the previous owner, we got them and we really worked with them really, really hard, but we never could get past that mistrust of humans and they're primates. Mm -hmm. So man, like they don't have no cognitive forgiveness, you know? Mm -mm. And so it was like, as long as you were in there, in their enclosure and interacting with them and you were face to face with them, you were great. But as soon as you turned your back, you could bet they were going to just, bite into your neck or they would jump on your arm and bite your arm and they have teeth like raccoons they have equipment to work with and so it was no just little nip you know they were like especially the male roscoe man he was uh he was something else but anyway we found a larger enclosure more wildlife habitat really 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 huge enclosure so that's where they went perfect environment for them. It was hard to find something someplace for them because I knew that they were dangerous. And the only other alternative for them was euthanasia or stay put with us at Wildlife Command Center, which we were. Jeez. So how was your, uh, well, I guess we kind of all went over yours, your turkey day. Yeah, so we uh, we drove over to uh, Edwardsville, Illinois, and we had Thanksgiving dinner with my brother Scott, who runs Aces Wildlife Removal, and my mm-hmm. son Chance, who is coming up to take over the Wildlife Command Center. And we had Bonnie there, and Lakin there, and Angela there, and my nephew Adam, an IT guy at, Adam. at Amazon, 
right now. Yeah, he's got a kind of unique position. He's not he's not throwing packages. He is working on mm-hmm. the automated systems that keep the packages running inside the buildings, you know. So hmm. interesting stuff, you know. But it all comes to a halt when a raccoon gets in there and gets caught sucked up into <laughs> the conveyor belts. Does that actually happen? Yes. As a matter of fact, you remember that uh, UPS hub that's down in Crystal City? They called us out probably about three months ago. And they were like, man, something's in our conveyor belt thing. And it's got one of our units shut down. And it's costing us like $10,000 a minute. And so we got in, got to looking. And sure enough, man, this raccoon, I guess he was trying to crawl his way through sideways or something like that. But he got sucked into the belt system. And the worst part about it, he was still alive. (gasps) Just his back legs were stuck in the belt system, you know. And so... The most humane thing to do at the moment was to euthanize this creature, you know? But, you know, you had to be careful. You can't fire a weapon in there. You can't get them in a CO2 chamber. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. give me narcotics to shoot them up with, you know, so... And they're tough as nails. Oh, they are tough, too. But we were able to do a cervical dislocation, which is very quick, very painless. And so, put the animal out of its misery, which it was in some misery. But to see the amount of damage that this creature did, like, within its reach, every electrical wire was shredded. There was pneumatic hoses going through there. He had bitten through the outer metal casing of the pneumatic hoses. And... He had pulled down two hydraulic hoses. They had these um, thin copper hydraulic hoses that they didn't have a ton of pressure in it, but they had some. And so it was all just a mess. You know, you had hydraulic oil everywhere. Hydraulic fluid everywhere. Yes. Even though they shut it all down quickly, still, Mm -hmm. this raccoon that was caught in there by its legs and just making a mess, man, it was just crazy. But, you know, we find that with raccoons in general. Raccoons are incredibly strong. They're incredibly Mm -hmm. tenacious. And you want to talk about a hardy creature. Dude, the hardiest. They can take some damage and keep on ticking, man. They can take a full blow from a car and get up, shake it off, and keep running. I always say that if, you know, if we nuke ourselves to extinction, the raccoons will take over and then they'll domesticate the cockroaches. That's about right. You know that little creature on Guardian of the Galaxies, the raccoon? <laughs> Dude, that's the future of the universe right there. The raccoons will definitely take over. But you know, a lot of people have a lot of problems with raccoons, not only in commercial buildings like the one that we did over there, but just just in general. And it starts happening now, this time of the year. Oh yeah, as they're trying to bust in, looking for places to get warm and have their litters. As a matter of fact, there are three videos on our YouTube channel at Wildlife Command Center. Just go to YouTube, type in Wildlife Command Center. As a matter of fact, while you're listening to this podcast, just type in Wildlife Command Center. There's three really good videos on our YouTube channel. One of them is pretty entertaining. It's Rockmora the Raccoon. You know, it's a little animated thing I, I put together, but it just kind of shows the tenacity of a raccoon. The other is our 70-point wildlife inspection because that really shows how we deal with raccoons, like what we're looking for, how we're looking for it, the different places, the different sections of the house that we're looking for. And then if you decided to do this yourself— 
because, you know, DIY is big and there's a lot of things that people can do. I've got an excellent YouTube video that's called How to Make the World's Best Raccoon Bait. And it yeah. is premium because it it shows people how to use all of the senses of a raccoon. And when you consider mm-hmm. if you want to catch a raccoon, you've got to use lure that smells good, and then you've got to use bait that tastes good. And if the listeners didn't know the difference between lure and bait, lure smells incredibly good to the raccoon. It may not taste good. That's what lures them over to the area. That's right. And it's very odiferous. It easily dissipates into the environment and wafts around. And so it draws them over to the area. And if your lure tastes good, and it is bait as well, because lure smells good, bait tastes good, you know? And if you have a lure that is, in addition, a really good bait, then you get the best of both worlds. You got a great lure, you got a great bait. And so I, I really break that down in the YouTube video on our YouTube channel, Wildlife Command Center, so that you can make the world's best raccoon bait. It's a classic. We've been using it for 10 years. Oh, yeah. And it's cheap. And the best part, you get to eat the byproduct. <laughs> you know and also it can keep you in full ketosis so if you're doing the keto diet you're gonna love making the world best raccoon bait speaking of which i woke up this morning i was hurting i've been participating in a keto diet and it really works for my body you know keto doesn't really work for everybody but it really works for me Mm -hmm. and so i've been in a state of ketosis for about Two months now, serious, like really serious, not only trying to get my body fit, trying to lose a little bit, a couple of inches around the waist, you know, trying to tighten up the stomach muscles and some of the other things I'm trying to do. And yesterday, I purposely told everybody, I was like, look, guys, I'm going to break my keto diet. I'm going to eat this lemon cheesecake. Mm. And, you know, our videographer, Cole, he's like, man, you're going to be hurting tomorrow. I was like, nah, I'll be okay. I can convert quickly. You know, my body's used to this. Dude, I ate sugar yesterday, which I don't eat, and all the carbs that come with sugar, with the pumpkin pie and the sweet potato Mm. casserole and the, the really yummy cranberry sauce thing that they made. But the topper was the lemon cheesecake. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> it was so good sugar it was so packed with sugar i woke up this morning i felt like i had a hangover i felt oh, so of bad so when you're not in taking it every day sugar is like legit a drug and so when you od on it like you did yesterday so to speak you should rightly so feel like you're hungover oh man it was horrible It was horrible. I felt like a raccoon was wrestling with me in the middle of the night last night. But you know what really helped me out? I partook in some Ray's Broken Arrow, the gummy worm flavor. Pre-workout, dude, got me hyped up and buzzing. That is some incredible Jeez. stuff. And you know, I can only take about a quarter of a dose of that stuff. Like, like it comes with a scoop for most people. Like you scoop it out and you mix it with water. I cannot take that much of it. This stuff is so potent. I can only take a quarter hmm. of that scoop 
and put it in there. And it goes to work like in 10 minutes, man. It's like, I am buzzed. I am flying around. I better have something to do because I cannot sit still. It, it's great. It's, it, it, it's, it's put out by Ray's who we have an affiliate program with. And if you go to our YouTube channel, watch any of our YouTubes, you can click a link, get you four free cans of Rays. It's good stuff. It's the energy drink. But they make a lot of different workout products that are exceptionally good. And one of them is their pre-workout, which is called Broken Arrow. You can get it in different flavors. I happen to like the gummy worm. But man, the stuff is good. Even when I go to the gym, I'll take just a little quarter of the scoop before I get, get into the gym and I'll start working out and I can feel it. And I'm like, man, I, I might not want to work out when I got here, but now I have to work out because I got to get rid of some of this energy. You got, <laughs> yeah. Does it have other workout-based entities in it like uh, creatine or branched-chain amino acids? Dude, you'll have to read the package because it's all good stuff. I don't know. I'm not that big into it, you know? I got so many things going on that I have to rely on the power and intelligence of other people and just put my faith in it that that's where it's at. And so I search out. Put your faith in the broken arrow. I search out things that really, really work. I research them just enough to know that they really, really work. I try them. If they really, really work, then I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to. I don't know nothing about it anymore. I forget about it. My Mm -hmm. brain's in. My brain is already working on how do I get to 4,000 watch hours on my YouTube channel. You know? <laughs> to the next thing, yeah. Which is the next big milestone, you know? And you guys that are out there listening to this podcast, you can help us, you know? Go to Wildlife Command Center YouTube channel. Just turn it on. Let it run in the background. I don't care if you even watch <laughs> any of the videos. I really don't. Some of them are very entertaining, especially the one I just put up about the Comic-Con. That was super cool. If you want to see a lot of people get pooped on by a hawk at a Comic-Con, watch that video. Cause that it's, many? Because it's pretty engaging. Well, you know, I took a falcon which mutes straight down, and I took a hawk that slices out to the side. As much as I was watching it, it still happened, you know? <laughs> so it was pretty funny. As a matter of fact, first 15 seconds of the video, it's like you see the hawk's tail come up and this this cosplayer comes oh, right geez. into it and just like steps right into the mute, the slice. Oh, man. You know? And so I'm, hit, I'm sitting there cleaning <laughs> him up. I was like, well, you know, this is like a, this is like a badge of honor, you know, which how many times you go to a Comic-Con, you get sliced on by Bear Hands Brand's hawk. You know, almost never. Right. Anyway, it was a really good Comic Con. Really had a good time there. Where was that? I was down in Cape Girardeau. It was the Cape Comic Con. Hey, do you remember what the name of the raccoon in Guardian of the Galaxy was? Yeah, Rocket. Rocket, yeah. Remember we had that rocket toy that made yes. the noise and we had it on top of the refrigerator when we lived? Dub. It was scare the dogs, yeah. <laughs> I would turn that on and dogs hated that. You know, but you know what else Mm -hmm. dogs hate? Dogs hate raccoons in the attic, in the ceiling, especially when a raccoon's scratching in the ceiling. You know, that's the number one thing that most of our customers tell us like, man, this is driving my dog crazy. Mostly because I think most dogs have this inner uh, hate, like this something built in that's just innate in them that they hate raccoons. Do you believe that? Yeah, I mean, think about it. They're kind of like mortal enemies, basically. They're too similar. In, I mean, dogs aren't wild and they haven't ever been wild, but they're mammals of the same shape generally. And so they compete for the same resources. 
But, you know, if we take the flip side of that in that they've been with us for over 10,000 years, dogs, they are designed to protect us from unsavory woodland characters like raccoons. And so they've always been there to defend against those like stealers of the night. Raccoons are unsavory. That is a great terminology for them, (laughs) you know. But, you know, you take any dog and you introduce them to a raccoon in any type of situation, that dog's first reaction is going to be, I'm going to get you, raccoon. And I'm sure as soon as they spend any amount of time in the attic space, that dog smells them, you know? Yes. Even through the ceiling. Yes. So we went and saw this one customer probably about three or four months ago. And uh, that was what she called in. She's like, there's something in my attic. I know it is. My dog, Fluffy, she's blind and she's 17 (laughs) years old, but she just sits there and she just barks at the ceiling. And she's like, I know she can't see nothing, but she knows something's up there. And sure enough, we show up and I was like, where's Fluffy? She goes, oh, she's upstairs and she'll show you where it is. And sure enough, there was a vent up in the ceiling and all this insulation in the vent. And I was like, well, first off, we should not be able to see insulation in that vent. There should be a duct attached to that. And there should be a closed system from this vent all the way to your air conditioning system. I says, so first off, Fluffy, did you write? Fluffy is not lying. I can tell you right now, just by looking at that vent, that there is something up there. Thank you, Fluffy. Everybody press follow, follow the podcast if you respect Fluffy. But look, Fluffy could barely hear. She couldn't see anything because, I mean, her eyes were all messed up. You know, she had cataracts over Mm -hmm. them and one of them was half closed. But she could smell. She could still smell and she could hear just enough to hear that scratching in in the attic, you know, that scratching in the ceiling that raccoons were getting ready to bed up. Because, you know, there's one thing that raccoons love. And that is nice, soft, fluffy insulation. Like raccoons, for whatever reason, when they get into people's homes, number one, they're not going away on their own. Number two, they're going to poop all over the place. Then you got to worry about raccoon Mm -hmm. roundworms. And number three, they are going to tear stuff up. Like what is it in their brain that says, hmm, look at these wires. I think I'm going to just shred them. I need to break Everything. Look at these fancy ducks. I'm just going to sh- tear into every one of them. You know, now I can see why they, they get into the duck work. You know, so imagine you're a raccoon and you're having a happy time up in the attic space and you're waking the customer, the, the homeowners up every night at 10 o'clock. Thump, 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 thump. And then it gets really cold. It gets like 27 degrees and you get up against this flexible tubing and you're like, hmm. Wait, kind that's warm. warm. Let me tear into this and see what's in there. And you tear a hole in it and all this warm, nice air comes out. And you're like, jackpot. I'm the smartest raccoon I know. And then, of course, you know, then you got to just tear it all up. Because if it was that great in that little small spot, it must be better if I tear everything up. But you know what can help? Wildlife Command Center. We definitely can come in and help. Because we know how to catch raccoons. We know all the tricks. And fix all of the damage that they do. And usually, you can get your insurance involved to pay for it all. Yeah, because you know one thing? Hey, that's a great point. Getting insurance involved, homeowner's insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, here's what homeowner's insurance is designed to do. Homeowner's insurance is designed to help you deal with damage. 
damage. They will not help you catch the raccoon. They will not help you get rid of the raccoon. But they will help you when you have to repair damage. And that's what insurance is for, is, is to repair damage. So if a raccoon shreds all the wiring and you have to have an electrician come in and wire it, then the, the insurance will pay for that. If the raccoon has damaged all the insulation and your electrician won't go into the attic because the insulation is damaged, they'll help you repair the damaged insulation. You know, and so oftentimes what we have to do is we have to trap out the raccoons and get them out of the structure. We have to seal the structure up in such a way that another raccoon coming along will never be able to get into the structure. And then we have to remove all the damaged insulation. And then we have to clean up all the damage that the raccoon has put forth. Then we have to work with an electrical subcontractor to come in and replace all the wires. And then we'll come in and we'll put brand new insulation back in. And the insurance companies will pay for everything that's associated with Repairing damage, of the damage. Because that's what yep. they're designed to do. And that's how you get your insurance company involved. Now, a lot of times, insurance companies have pretty big deductibles. You know, mm-hmm. uh, nowadays it's not uncommon yeah, like to a have a, a no five thousand. Yeah, it's jumped Whoa, up, man. Really? Oh yeah, I, we come Jeez. across five thousand dollar deductibles all the time. And the insurance, wow. of course, you know, it's just the insurance business. You know, they they're not in the business of paying out claims. No. They are in the business of collecting premiums. That's what they're in the business to do. But they will they will step in and help with damage. That's the key. If you don't listen, if you don't hear anything about any of this podcast, insurance companies will step in to take care of damage. So if you got raccoon problems, then give us a call because we can help. And also if people want to talk to words, because words are important, the words you use are important. If you need the specific wording basically in your letter to your insurance company, you have to use specific words that will, you know, that will kind of trigger them to go, okay, there's a lot of damages. Well, as the pictures, and I mean, in all honesty, adjusters usually, when they hear these situations, they don't even go in. No, Most they of the don't. Time, like, I don't know about you guys. They're just like, stroke a check, dude, you know? Yep. And if we show up <laughs> when the adjuster shows up, the adjuster mm-hmm. often will have us go up and take all the pictures because they don't want to be, yeah. they don't want to deal with it at all. They don't want to worry about histoplasmosis. They don't want to worry about raccoon roundworms. They don't want to worry about rabies, mange. They don't want any of that. They don't want to be exposed to any of it. And so they'll send us up and we will deal with it and take care of the situation. But, you know, I think we should touch on real quick, because there's going to be listeners that want to know, well, how can I catch the raccoons myself? I just want to deal with them myself. And so I think there's some tips that we can give to help people deal with the raccoons themselves. And then if you, if you can't deal with it yourself, then give us a call, you know, because mm-hmm. we'll come out and, and deal with it. And the, the number one thing I think that we should really talk about is the fact that raccoons are very, very sensitive to trauma. And so if you're going to trap a raccoon, there's two things. One, do it right the first time because you're not going to get a second chance. And then two, make sure 
that you follow all the laws associated with your county, with your parish, with your municipality, with your state, when you're dealing with the raccoon after you've caught it. For instance, in the state of California, it is illegal to translocate or relocate any mammals. A mammal. Yep. So they have to be euthanized once they're caught, unless they're released immediately like on that property. If it's like a non-target, if I'm trying to trap raccoons and I catch a possum, if the customer doesn't want it removed, I can just let it go. Well, you're not really or letting it go. To. You're just opening the trap and, and it's letting itself yes. go. So, so no, no foul, no harm. You're not taking it anywhere. But as, as a do-it-yourselfer, you need to be thinking about what am I going to do with this creature once I catch it? Mm-hmm. The other thing that I alluded to the first time is you need to make sure you catch it and catch it right the first time, which means using a quality trap. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. as a minimum, I would say that they need to go to wildlife control supplies and look at the tomahawk traps and look at the raccoon sized tomahawk traps, which is usually 11 by nine inches, because those traps are sturdy enough to hold a raccoon. Now, there are some other places that sell traps and they have a raccoon pitcher on them. But how many of those traps have we had raccoons just shred the back of it or pull the door and bend the door and get out? So the, the green ones that you get at Tractor Supply, those are not raccoon proof. They are not. Those traps are good for skunks, maybe. They're good for possums. They're good for cats. Even though there's a picture of a raccoon on them, raccoons generally shred those traps. And they're not well made. Mm-mm. You know, if you look at the way they're put together, they're actually put together with seams and hog ringed together. The traps from Tomahawk, they're all bent from one piece of metal one piece of uh, cage wire. Mm-hmm. And so there's only one seam on it and it's put together with pressure clips. And so those traps will stay together because I'm going to tell you, you catch a raccoon and it busts out of the trap, you're going to be hard pressed to ever catch that raccoon in a trap again because they're very, very sensitive to trauma. They remember. And so when their little delicate hands, their little front feet touch yes. the wire... And they're like, oh, it smells so good in here. I wonder what there is to eat. And they crawl in and they feel the wire. They're like, oh, this wire, Mm. there's something good in here. And they're getting around. And then all of a sudden that door slams, wham, trauma. And they, they, they associate that trauma with the feeling of that wire because now they're caught in a trap and they desperately need to get out. And so they're, they're feeling all over the place. And so their hands feel that wire and it's such a traumatic experience to them that- They'll never get caught again, that raccoon. Never. They'll avoid, as soon as they walk into the trap, they'll feel that wire and they go, whoa, whoa, nope. I remember last time what happened. Never, I mean, ever. We've got, we've got it on game cameras, on video cameras. You're like, you got the perfect setup, the perfect, bait everything is perfect and the raccoon takes one step in it fills the wire and backs out Mm -mm. that's why you've got to do it right the first time because if you don't you're not getting a second chance Mm -mm. and then the other thing that i would tell people is that know your season and know your raccoon's 
nutritional needs and desires because raccoons go for different kinds of bait at different times of the year. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm catching a, a lot of animals with the grub baits right now. Yeah, because they're grubbing. And so they're, they're looking grubbing. for that stuff that, that smells like insects, that smells like grubs. It's got a lot of carotene, a lot of protein in it, you know? And so mm-hmm. they're looking for that right now because, you know, they're getting ready for winter. They're getting fattened up for winter. But, you know, you take the same animal and you swoosh it into the spring and you've got, and you're dealing with an animal that you need to catch in the springtime. Now they have different nutritional needs. And so they seek out different types of foods. In the summer, the fruits work really well because everything's fruiting. Yep. And they're wanting that sucrose. You know, they're wanting the extra carbohydrates. Because they, they need that fast energy. They need that quick energy. And so, you know, trying to play with that, you know, and then also, you know, you go into the fall when the persimmons are dropping. Well, raccoons can get stuck on persimmon, and Dude. the only thing that's going to work is a persimmon-based bait. I have so many persimmons here. It's crazy. About everything eats persimmon, too. Fox eat persimmon. Raccoons eat persimmon. Armadillos eat persimmons. Like everything. Even coyotes eat persimmon. So... It's a very popular fruit. It's got a pretty short window, though. There's only about three weeks yeah. in the year when the persimmons drop. I think the attractive part is is that it's it's a different time of year from all of the other fruits. So everything targets it because the fruiting seasons of the rest of the fruit trees has come and gone. And then, you know, freaking beginning of winter, these persimmons start dropping. It's like a bountiful feast. It is. Thanksgiving. And also, if you think about it, all the available easy protein foods are not easily available. You know, all the baby animals that raccoons eat, you know, baby rabbits, baby mice, baby rats, baby squirrels, baby birds, raccoons eat all these babies. And so you get around to the end of August, September, when those persimmons are ripe, then these protein foods that they're used to eating are not available anymore. Mm -hmm. Persimmons become about the only thing available besides the garbage can. (laughs) There's always the good old trusty garbage can. Hey, remember that one time in Dallas, Texas, when we were trying to catch those really, really difficult raccoons, you know? Now, we were trying to catch some trap-shy raccoons, and there is one trick that always does work, and that is get you a bag of trash from Whataburger. Oh, yeah. Then get you a big plastic trash can, the 55-gallon type, and you cut a square hole in the trash can, and you put the trap in the trash can, you put the lid on the trash can, and you stuff the trash can full of Whataburger trash. Mm-hmm. Like, we used to go up, and I'd go talk to the manager, and Chris would be close to the dumpster. I'd be talking to the manager, and I'd say, hey, you know, you mind if we grab a bag of trash? <laughs> and the manager would be looking at me like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, we just need, you know, Whataburger makes the best trash that we use to catch raccoons. <laughs> of course, by the time I get permission, Chris has already got three bags of trash out of yep. the dumpster. Yep. I mean, who's going to say anything about stealing their trash? Stealing trash, right? Right? <laughs> but the things we would do to catch a trap-shy raccoon, you got to be really, really creative sometimes. I think we gave our listeners some pretty good information. It's mm-hmm. been entertaining. 
It's been valuable. If anyone has any questions, they can always go to our YouTube channel at Wildlife Command Center. If there's a video, drop a comment on it, drop a question on it. Man, I look at that stuff constantly. I answer those questions. I answer those comments. And so if anybody wants to get in touch with us, that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. You know, message our the Wildlife Command Center Facebook page or any of us personally, you know, um, on Instagram or anything of that nature. If you have any questions, feel free to drop us a line. We'll be happy to answer them. And if you are in Kansas City, Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Dallas, Texas, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Reno, Nevada, or Sacramento, California, and you're having these raccoon or other wildlife issues, Google us, Wildlife Command Center, and then your city, and we'll come up and we can come out and help you remove any nuisance wildlife problem that you have going on. We appreciate you guys listening again to the Wildlife Command Center podcast. If you like this, please leave us an awesome review on whatever your streaming platform is. This has been Chris Starr alongside... Michael Baran, a.k.a. Bare Hands Baran. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. God bless. Until next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, a.k.a. Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus. Download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.